0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Download Required Gaming. I'm your host, Cliff Hickman. We're in 2019, but before we move on to the new year, we're going to take one last look back at 2018. Today I'm going to present to you my top 10 games of the year from 2018. And we're not going to waste any time. We're going to get right into things. Coming in at number 10... I had Ashen. It's a small little game that uh, came out on the Xbox One Game Pass late in the year. Very heavy Dark Souls influence to this game. Uh, some have gone so far to say it's, it's basically a ripoff of Dark Souls. I would say it's heavily inspired, but there are some wrinkles. There is a minimalist art style to it that is very unique. Uh, none of the characters have faces, you'll notice everything. The, the faces are kind of just whited out. Uh, the combat is it's basically Dark Souls, but it is a little bit easier because you have a companion that follows you around at all times, that fights with you. And this AI-controlled character will, will often... Be useful and get kills for you the whole universe was very unique I found exploring the environments to be pretty fun I'm still working my way through it but I, it's just a game I really like now the AI is kind of dodgy on the companion sometimes you need them to help you with puzzles and you'll go to hold your half of the puzzle and you'll need the AI companion to flip a switch and you look for them and they're like a block away fighting some monster to get you uh, 10 points ashen points or whatever you use to upgrade your healing gourd and weapons or whatever so you kind of got to go help them out track them down lead them by the hand back to the puzzle and get them to open it and that can lead to some annoyances but overall it's it's a really good game I had a lot of fun with it and again I just I like the art style how nobody has a face uh, the 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 enemy characters all are very strange and kind of lurch at you in interesting ways uh, it's just kind of unnerving and it seems to have a strong uh, Norse mythology background ground. So it's it's a really small game. <laughs> Uh, but I've enjoyed it uh, for what I played of it. So at number 10, Ashen. Coming in at 9, Monster Hunter World. Uh, This was a game that I did not play at launch. It was something I ended up picking up a couple of months later because I couldn't really uh, find anything else to play. It's something that I wasn't sure if I was going to like because I've never really played the Monster Hunter games. And the way people described it, to me it didn't sound like a lot of fun I was pleasantly surprised that this game turned out to be a really good time you do kind of have a lot of peaks and valleys in the gameplay. You're not in constant combat. You may track down a creature, have a fight with it, and it'll run off wounded. And so you have to slowly track it down again and track it to its new spot and initiate another fight. And sometimes this will happen a couple of times before you finally take the monster down. And it's just a, a very rewarding gameplay loop. There's a lot of stuff to do. lot of armor to craft reasons to come back on a daily basis i felt this was a really strong game so it's uh, number nine monster hunter world coming in at number eight it's far cry five and this was a game when i played it early last year at launch i wasn't sure if it was going to stay on the list um it was good. I liked it. It was more Far Cry, but I wasn't sure if it did enough different to stay on the list. But it ended up sticking around. It was. It ended up being more memorable than I thought it would be at the time. I kind of flew through this one, which in my old age is, is getting tougher and tougher to do. Like, you really have to be doing something to make me want to sit down at the console for hours at a time and keep playing it. And that was the case with Far Cry. Cry 5. It did do some new things. They did away with the constant climbing of radio towers. You only had to do that once at the start of the game. Other than that, it was they kind of replaced that with a similar mechanic where you were raiding survival caches. and Those would often provide you with perks, money, and sometimes a really nice new weapon. So I guess they kind of kept it in the game. It just felt a little different and a little more rewarding. The story, I remember really not liking the ending, and I guess we found out why it seemed kind of open-ended. December at the Game Awards, they announced uh, Far Cry New Dawn, which is basically the ending to Far Cry 5 that's uh, coming out in February for $40. So they are basically... Selling you the ending to the game that started last year. And that ending really held it back in my opinion. But that's where we are. I I do like Far Cry. Um, New Dawn looks interesting enough. I'm sure I'll play it. I don't know if that will make Game of the Year. That seems to be more of a bite-sized product. But we shall see. Moving on to number eight, I had Black Ops 4. It was the best multiplayer shooter of the year, in my opinion. Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with this game. I'm still playing it on and off. Basically, I'm doing the daily tier skips right now. I've got it set up where if I get my daily win for the rest of the current operation, I'm going to get the new assault rifle. So that's all I'm doing at this point. Maybe someday, if things are going really well, I'll continue on with it. But uh, that hasn't been the case lately. And that's kind of where I'm at with this game. I love the sound design. I thought the guns all sounded really great. I thought the sound effects when you shot someone and finally got the kill shot that pierced the armor, that sound... It's just tremendous. I like that sound a lot. I like the the boots-on-the-ground gameplay, and uh, I like the map design. For the most part, a lot of classic maps, which is always good. I'd almost rather have classic maps than new maps anyway. The new maps weren't horrible in most cases and didn't detract from what i felt was uh, going on with the game and i'll take that at the end of the day but uh, there are annoyances with it uh, the matchmaking is one of the things i hate the worst it feels like i've been elevated to sweat captain status where if you're playing anywhere from a 1.5 to 3 kd in a session or ekia whatever they want to call it now if you get good scores it's almost like you get punished they put you in a with a bunch of other guys that... It doesn't seem like they know where their their aim and fire triggers are. You're getting like two and three guys that are well below a one. Sometimes below a .5 EKIA. And it feels like you're just dragging people constantly. And as a solo player I hate that feeling. It starts to feel like work. It doesn't feel like fun. It feels like I have to play with certain loadouts. You know, I can't experiment. I have to use my best guns every time. I have to hit my score on the dot every time to even have a chance at winning. It's an exercise in frustration. I hate the specialists. Please do not put specialists in the game again. I don't like it. I can't stand it. There's nothing worse than being on a kill streak and getting hit by a Tempest, getting hit by a War Machine. Uh, getting dunked on by ruin, all that stuff is just obnoxious and it it really kills the fun, especially when you're close to getting a helicopter or a sniper's nest and it takes that you know that many kills to get it. And you're within range, and then all of a sudden you get hit by an annihilator like fifty points away from getting your sniper's nest. It just—it makes you want to scream. <laughs> That's where the frustration comes in. Uh, overall, though, it's probably the best Call of Duty there's been in a couple years. At launch, it was in better shape than World War Two. Although World War Two became it became very good by by the end of its life cycle and is eminently playable now. Certainly better than any. Of the advanced movement games I could not stand infinite warfare I hated black ops 3 I guess hate's a strong word I just I did not like the boost jumping and wall running and advanced warfare was kind of the same I just know more of that less of the bad stuff more of the good stuff uh, zombies was also there the blackout battle royale is also there I really don't play either of those modes Uh, If I'm going to play Battle Royale, I'm going to play PUBG. And I think that comes down to sound design. I hate the ting, 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 ting sound of shooting people in blackout. The sound of bullets hitting armor. That's all you hear, and it's just not a satisfying sound. I don't like it. Uh, There's no ragdoll animations like there are in PUBG, which leads to some really funny moments. So, I mean, I'm not an expert on the other stuff, but just based on the strength of the multiplayer I felt it deserved a spot on the list because it did, it did some things right and I'm still playing it which that says a lot because a lot of these games even if they're really good the odds I go back to them trying to play all the newest stuff is not very high and the fact this one still keeps dragging me in even though it feels like a job and it feels like I'm playing for a new assault rifle which I am uh, there's something to be said there so i did like black ops 4 we got that coming in at number seven coming in at number six i have forza horizon 4 i really enjoy the forza series although i like the horizon series the best and this is by far the best one yet You have changing seasons in this game. You have the summer, the spring, the fall, the winter. The map is the same, but the environment changes, and the courses themselves control differently. If you run, say, a mud course or a dirt course in the spring when it's raining, it's going to be muddy and control issues are going to be a little different than in the summer. That same course will be a little drier and perhaps a little easier to navigate especially if you're in like a rear wheel drive vehicle. And that's also the thing. There's a ton of cars from every era and all of them feel and handle differently. You can really tell the differences in an all wheel drive vehicle versus a front wheel drive vehicle versus anything else. I mean, everything feels distinct. I love the changing seasons. I love everything about this game. Ton of stuff to do looks, I mean, just superb i haven't seen this on a lot of lists but i think it definitely uh deserves to be there and in a lot of years quite frankly it would be higher than it is and that's true of about every game on this list once you get up to like uh this point in the list it becomes very very hard to uh distinguish so that there we are So uh, just to recap, at number 10, we had Ashen, number 9, Monster Hunter World, number 8, Far Cry 5, number 7, Black Ops 4, number 6, Forza Horizon 4, How about we move on to number 5, it's Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Do you like Smash Bros.? Have you ever liked Smash Bros.? Well, they brought back every single character that's ever been in the series, plus a couple of new ones. It's just a treat to play through, treat to see all the characters you've had fun with in the past. I enjoyed unlocking new characters, had a lot of fun with this game. It's still fun to kind of play this as I'm doing other stuff. I use my Switch in handheld mode, and uh, just a, a lot of joy there. It doesn't really do anything new as far as reinventing the Smash Brothers gameplay, but uh, if you're looking for something to do on the handheld, or if you have a bunch of Friends over a great party game, so uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate makes it to number six on the list. And now we're going to move on, ladies and gentlemen. We'll recount one more time. We have number 10, Ashen, number 9, Monster Hunter, number 8, Far Cry 5, number 7, Black Ops 4, number 6, Forza Horizon 4, and number 5 was Smash Brothers Ultimate, so that was number 5. I got confused, I'm reading in a handwritten list here, I've scrawled out, so there we are. Coming in at number four, we have Spider-Man. I really like this game, as I really liked every other game on the list. I thought the story was great. I thought they tried to do some new things with the Spider-Man mythos. I thought you had a really likable version of the character. Um, I prefer it to actually the Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man, where this one's older, independent, kind of on his own I liked how they portrayed Mary Jane Watson as a reporter instead of a supermodel, and she had different ways of contributing to Spider-Man and helping him out. And uh, you added Miles Morales in, which I didn't know where they were going with that, but that's pretty apparent at the end of the game what they're thinking with him. So it's just uh, a lot of fun. The the ending of the game was kind of unexpected for me. Some of the things they did there in in the final sequence, it would have been higher a lot of years. This year, you had to be really good, though, uh, to break into the uh, you know these top games. You had to be really doing something special. Whereas Spider-Man kind of feels and plays like an Arkham game, and it's kind of derivative, and the combat's kind of simple, so it just doesn't quite do enough uh, to get it into that top echelon of games. Speaking of top echelon of games, we're going in at number three here. We have Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I sunk a ton of time into this game, uh, way more than I thought I would. Loved every second of it. Loved the new RPG mechanics. I loved the combat. I loved how all the different weapons handled. I loved the bow. I love the skill upgrades on the skill tree. It felt like I was getting places, and they were useful skills that I actually wanted to obtain, I thought the world was great. I loved the ancient Greek, ancient Sparta setting. I thought the stories were really well crafted. They made me want to continue playing. They made me want to get answers to who the main character was and some of the some of the things that... The, the questions they asked about the character were interesting, and the answers they gave were ultimately uh, very interesting as well. The modern-day setting move forward I thought more than it has in past games I felt like they really started to pose some interesting philosophical questions at the end of this I'm excited for the DLC I plan on playing all of those I just really like this game really surprised me because uh, the game before this Origins I was not wild about did not seem to care too much Uh, this seemed like a much more fleshed out version of that, though the combat felt better. Everything about it just felt really good to me. I liked that the stories had consequences, seemingly minor choices you would make. Would come back to, to have a meaningful impact later in the story at times through a line of dialogue. So it didn't feel like you were just checking lists like it did at times when you were playing Origins. It felt like what you were doing actually had repercussions from time to time. And the war- the world is massive and the amount of variety and the activities was really strong. A lot of things to upgrade, a lot of stuff to do. I sung probably in the main campaign, 40 hours, 50 hours. My play clock was really ridiculous. I really liked it. I can't wait for the DLC, which I don't want to get into. Is I wish I hadn't known the title of the second DLC pack because it, it kind of spoiled part of the original game. So if you can go without finding out what the DLC pack is and just kind of playing through uh, Odyssey without knowing that information, I think eventually you're gonna you're gonna have a good time because uh, one of the big reveals is well worth the wait, or it was, in my opinion, all the reveals were. I thought this, this really felt like an odyssey, like you were learning information. Coming in at number two, we have God of War. Uh, This one, uh, I mean, this would have been game of the year. Almost any year but this. Almost any year but this. There's not much to say. This was a character I didn't have any. Kratos, I had no interest in seeing him again. All he did was kind of growl around, and he had basically killed his way through the entire uh, Greek pantheon in the last three games and showed very little personality doing it. He was never likable. He was never a guy you really wanted to empathize with, there wasn't much to his story to really draw you back to him. And they kind of fixed that right from the get-go in this one. Uh, new voice actor, uh, Clark Judge, from you know, best known from the Stargate SG-1 series as Teal'c, uh, does a fantastic job at portraying him. And then you have his son, who he is uh, taking on a a seemingly small mission to uh, spread his mother's ashes. And it turns into a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger (laughs) epic as you go. I actually got halfway, I got a good portion through this, and then I traded my PlayStation 4 for... The Spider Man one, unfortunately, my game save did not carry over, so I got to start this over again at some point, but I'm going to do it. Um, well worth it. A lot of fun. Like I said, had this come out last year, easy game of the year choice. But it's hard to be game of the year when the number one game of 2018 is Red Dead Redemption 2. Is there really any surprise there? Red Dead Redemption 2. Is just special on so many levels. I don't think I've seen a game world as fully realized as it has been in that game. It's just like just tiny little, tiny little things you wouldn't expect to catch your eye do. Like, it's even your horse kind of has its own kind of biology, you know. It'll stop and use the restroom randomly on the road. It's the, the people you run into, the, the reactions they have. Like, you know, some games like Assassin's Creed, if I'm walking through town with my weapon out, hardly anyone reacts to that unless you're swinging it around. And Red Dead Redemption 2, if you're walking through town even with your gun at your waist, like people are freaking out. and there's a few tough guys that may even challenge you about why you have your weapon out and they may even try to draw on you so it's just little things like that you kind of be, you have to be aware of how you're conducting yourself kind of at all times in this game and then you get into the missions themselves, you know you're following a a game of robbers in the dying days of the west and it's just such such an interesting story. For a pre Prequel, I'm not big on prequels, and I was wondering about that. I was actually really scared of this because I said, Well, I kind of know the arc, or I thought I knew the arc of most of these characters. I certainly know where they end up. How interesting could this really be? And they ended up throwing a lot of curveballs. There's some things in this game I did not expect, and the path that the characters took to the to what they became is not is not what i expected so for a prequel it may be the best prequel in any genre i've seen where it feels like yes they accomplished what they wanted to as far as getting the characters where they needed to be but the route they took to get them there was very interesting there's some other just uh, really subtle things I'd like to talk about, but it gets into heavy spoiler territory, but nothing is seemingly thrown away in this game. Everything that is happening, if you pay close attention to the mannerisms of the characters, you can pick up on a lot of things that, while seemingly innocent or just uh, inconspicuous at first, start to play a larger and larger role in the game going forward forward and then it's just not only that you have the whole caring for your horse it's like a mini game in and of itself you have to brush your horse you have to feed the horse the more you bond with it you know the better equipment to buy you buy it the, the longer the, the better it's stamina rating and just all these systems your character can get heavier or thinner based on how much or how little or what you're feeding him and all that stuff was Just so impressive to me. I I, again, I just, I don't think I've seen anyone layer this many systems on top of each other. It's just, it was so impressive. And I know a lot of people had God of War one, but I mean, that and Assassin's Creed Odyssey to me are on more of a. They're more in competition with each other. Those feel like video games to me. Uh, Red Dead, and what I mean by that, like I said, in Assassin's Creed I'm walking around with a sword out in town no one says anything, I'm jumping my horse down a mountain it crashes, gets up, shakes it off and keeps going, you crash your horse (laughs) down a mountain in Red Dead Redemption 2 it starts instantly dying and you have to give it a horse reviver and then you gotta feed it to get its energy back up, I mean it's it's definitely hardcore sim, and about... every category, and I loved every second of it. I will say the pacing of this game, like any Rockstar game, is going to be a little slow at first. I will say that the game maybe drags a little bit at times, and I really was wishing for it to end before I did this podcast. I ended up beating it just before the new year, but I was like, it's been two months. Am I going to get this done? Am I going to get this done? And I finally did. Well worth it all the way around. Red Dead Redemption 2. uh, Best game of the year. Maybe the best game of the generation. When I do that list, this has to be in consideration. I think that highly of it. I think it just changes the way things are done and what you should kind of expect. I mean, you can tell... You can tell the the amount of work that went into this game was just insane. I mean everything from the sound design, you want to talk about sound design, you fire your gun in the mountains and to hear it echoing throughout the you know, the mountain it's just incredible, you know. Everything is taken into account by in about every system in that game. And, you know, I love the missions. I love how it becomes a more desperate tale uh, the more that you play it and how the characters change over time. It's not just like, uh, you know, where characters flip a switch and they go, oh, I'm bad now. It's not quite like that. You can kind of start to see why the characters would the things that they do it is just it's so believable i mean i I can't say enough good things about red dead redemption 2 if you're looking for value for money i mean if you i didn't do a lot of the side missions again i'm just trying to beat this thing so i could you know talk about it in depth uh probably 30 hours just for the main missions I bet though I had close to Odyssey. That and Odyssey almost killed me this year. I <laughs> guys, you gotta take it easy on the 50-hour games and my old man eyes. I can't do it anymore. But I got through both of those, loved them, loved what I played to God of War. So there we are. One last time we'll go through the list. Number 10, Ashen. Number 9. Monster Hunter World, number 8, Far Cry 5, number 7, Black Ops 4, number 6, Forza Horizon 4, number 5, Smash Brothers Ultimate, number 4, Spider-Man, number 3, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, number 2, God of War, number 1, Red Dead Redemption 2, and those are the Cliff Hickman download required Game of the Year awards for 2018. And now we're going to take a quick look ahead at 2019. I put together a list of my five most anticipated games that have been announced and have 2019 release dates. Uh, Right now, I could not find confirmation that The Last of Us 2 was going to be coming out this year officially, so that's not on the list. You had to have a concrete date or a concrete window in 2019 to be considered to be on the list, I didn't want to just start throwing stuff on there that maybe this year may not be so I mean this list will probably look a lot different in a couple of months even stuff that's heavily rumored like Borderlands 3 is not on this list because you know we just haven't heard anything we don't know if it's official we don't know if we're getting it this year so this is just stuff that is announced for 2019 and that's why I'm only doing 5 Uh, Number five, not going to have to wait long, Kingdom Hearts 3. Not the biggest Kingdom Hearts fan in the world, but I am kind of interested in this. I really liked uh, Final Fantasy 15, and this seems to be a similar, similar type of gameplay loop to that. Uh, the Disney characters taking part in a Final Fantasy game is always fun. This has been a long time in the making. I mean, this game was announced at the uh, same E3 that the PlayStation 4 was kind of gaining momentum. It wasn't even out yet. So it's been a long way. It's the end of January. We can all finally play it. I got that at number five. Number four, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 for the Nintendo Switch. I was really surprised that this game was coming out. I was even more surprised that it was a Switch exclusive. I love the other two Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. I played the wheels off of those on the Xbox 360. Uh, It's going to be interesting. To, to see what they do with the series. It is a new developer, Activision. It uh, doesn't have anything to do with this. It's Koei Tecmo, the Dynasty Warrior guys. They certainly know large-scale combat, how the RPG mechanics are going to fit into this, what the selectable characters are going to be. We don't know. We just know it's coming out this year on the Switch. The one thing I am positive on is It has Wolverine in the trailer. That means, you know, before Marvel, when Fox was operating as its own separate entity, was leery of using anything X-Men... And uh, anything Fantastic Four related in games, uh, you saw that with Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. The fact that you saw Wolverine in this trailer meant a lot to me now that they've acquired those Fox assets. Now that they can make x-men movies. I think this is just a sign that you're going to start seeing those characters again. And that means to a lot to a lot of people. Wolverine always one of my favorite characters, really cool to see him in there. Played a big role in the first two. Would have been sad to not have him in here. Seems like Steve Blum is going to continue doing his voice. So Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Number 3, Rage 2. I've played the first Rage. I beat the first Rage. Not really memorable. Got really stale in the second half of the game. You talk about a game that that outstays its welcome. Rage was one of those games that outstayed its welcome. If it was like half the length, it was. It, it may have been. I may have had a more positive memory of that, and the ending was was not good. But this is a collaboration uh, between ID and then you have the Avalanche team that made the Mad Max game. It seems to be kind of a match made in heaven. It's more of an open world. You have the id shooting mechanics mixed with the the open world ideas of that Avalanche team and, and the destruction that comes with it. It seems like there's going to be a lot of crazy stuff in this game, and I think... I think, despite no one really asking for this, this is going to turn out okay. I know people are down on Bethesda after Fallout 76, but I, this is a different project. This is single player. This is what Bethesda does really well. Rage 2, with all of its crazy weapons and powers and things like that, I think is going to be just an incredible gameplay experience story. I'm not so sure about This isn't something I necessarily play for the story. This looks like something I'm just going to have a... A good, fun, a good time tearing into. Coming in at number two, I have Gears 5. It's not Gears of War 5, they're just calling it Gears 5, as you saw at E3. And I, I liked all the new characters that they introduced in the last game. Uh, the the son of uh, Marcus Phoenix, J.D. Phoenix, all these characters I thought were really cool. And it looks like a lot of time has passed uh, since 4. You look at J.D., he now is, is bald, has got some nasty scars. And it seems like the relationship between the main characters has kind of fractured and frayed quite a bit. I, I love, I've always loved the big bulky character design, I love the sound design, I, I love the cover mechanics I love the sound of that perfect reload and you know, the, the enemy reactions even though they are bullet spongy of taking bullets and just you know, the, the, the thrill of taking a chainsaw to a chainsaw gun to an enemy is not worn out yet, I just I love this story, I love how campy it is, I, lo- I love everything about it, the horror elements uh, the world I can't wait for Gears 5 number one this was kind of easy for me once it became officially announced, Mortal Kombat 11 um, we saw it at the game world uh, the game Awards very briefly. He had two scorpions uh, fighting off an evil Raiden who looked like he was uh, dealing with some of the after effects of the end of Mortal Kombat X. You wonder if there's some time travel involved since you saw a modern day Scorpion and then an original Scorpion. You wonder if the gear system from Injustice 2 is coming over. That gear system was a big reason why I ended up giving uh, Injustice 2 the 2017 Game of the Year award just because I felt like it was such a radical change for fighting games. And it'll be interesting to see if they make that move and put it in Mortal Kombat or if that That's going to be an Injustice exclusive. Other than that, though, I feel like it's just such a complete game. Like, I never play fighting games online, and Mortal Kombat and Injustice really cater to that. Like, I'm sure Living Towers or the Multiverse or something like that will be back. You have arcade mode, you have the story mode, which are always first class, and to me, really set the standard in those kind of games. And if you are interested in online, there there's a ton of that as well. It's just so well rounded. I like everything about it. Um, I just can't wait to see at the end of the month here what they have in store. I'm sure I'll be covering that once they have the community reveal event. So be sure to come back for that. I'll be back with you guys every week with a roundup of the top gaming news as well as my reviews. opinions on everything. Right now, that's going to do it, though, for this episode of Download Required. I appreciate you all taking the time to listen, and I will see you next week. This is Cliff Hickman, signing out.